My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 232 of The Kate Show. If you guys have been listening to my podcast for more than like two seconds, you know that I am a huge fan of a platform called Side Door. They not only sponsor the podcast, but they are one of the tools I would 100% for sure be using if I were an interior designer. Now, if you haven't heard about Sidedoor, let me enlighten you. Sidedoor is the completely unprecedented online tool that lets you sell trade-only products like furniture, decor, accessories through your own website. You might already have an account with them, and perhaps you've even made a few sales from your curated Sidedoor collections. But how can you truly make it a viable income stream and put all its features to good use? Well, today I'm speaking with Chad, the director of Sidedoor. He shares valuable insights into how the most successful interior designers and stagers are using Sidedoor and the new features Sidedoor offers that you might not know about yet. I'm honored to continue Socialite's media partnership with Sidedoor, and I would be using their platform without a doubt if I ran a design firm. As it is, I run a mere marketing agency instead and have to admire them from afar. <laughs> Homestagers, designers, you should give this platform serious consideration. This interview with Chad will have you racing to your computer to create a new side door collection or get signed up with them to begin with. I want to give a shout out to Chad for coming on this podcast because he is a busy man. He has a lot of irons in the fire. And as a seasoned entrepreneur who is passionate about helping small independent businesses like yours compete against the big guys, he is somebody that I had to have on the show. His long list of accomplishments include helping found or run companies like Lux and Fuego and, of course, Side Door. So without further ado, let's get into the episode that will pull back the curtain on why Side Door is something you need to consider using in your business and how to best use it. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. I have Chad from Side Door, the Chad from Side Door on with us today. So, Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we could make this work. And you know, I had told you before we started recording that I hear from people all the time, designers mainly, who are either using Side Door or they're about to sign up for Side Door, and they all have the same questions. How do I use this to make money? And what are the best practices? And what are people doing that's really not working for them? And then, of course, the opposite, like, what are people doing when they're just killing it with side door. So I thought, well, there's no better person to ask than you because you've got your eyeballs on this thing all day long for better or worse. And I just want to know all the details from you. So I would like to get started with just a little bit of background because side door has been around for a few years now, but it has evolved as businesses do. So can you tell me how has side door changed since its initial launch? Sure. Well, our initial launch and today, we've had the same intention, but the way we've gone about servicing it has changed quite a bit. The intention has always been to help interior designers make more money. That's really the problem we've been out to solve from the beginning. And there's a lot of obstacles there. This is a difficult industry, as everybody listening knows. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of complexity. The industry is not really set up for designers to 
make money on products at scale. So we thought there's a great opportunity here to bring tech and our industry knowledge together and give designers digital tools because we saw very clearly that everything in everyone was moving online. And our original thesis was like, all the vendors, all the trade brands, everything's going to move online. Who better than to curate all of that noise than interior designers? And if we can give them digital selling tools, they can finally monetize their taste. And if we can work on the operations and fulfillment side for them, it's going to free up, you know, 60 to 80 percent of their time and actually let them really grow their business. I've been in this industry for three decades and most designers, frankly, are just trading dollars back and forth and it's hard work and they're adding a ton of value. But at the end of the day, at the end of the project, at the end of the year, there's not a whole heck of a lot to show for it. We've we've always thought in order to really grow your business, you've got to be able to do more than just sell your time. You've got to be able to make money on the products. And so giving designers selling tools that helps them do that in a clear digital I want to say easy, but there's nothing easy about it. And most importantly, transparent way was kind of, that was the intention from day one. To answer your question, it's night and day from where we started almost four years ago. We started with three of us and now we've got almost 35 people working with us. Heck, I think I even reached out to you before we even launched to get feedback. And I've done that with designers from then up till today, we're constantly iterating and trying to build and make this useful. It's kind of self-serving. Like this is a free tool, Kate. The only way we make money is when designers either buy or sell something. So like making it as easy as possible, removing as much of that friction as we can is, is what we're all about. Yeah, it's in your best interest to make sure that designers can make money on your platform. And honestly, that's like the most beautiful thing about it, because it shows that you really do have the designers back. So with the various features that you offer, I know one of the most exciting features over the past couple of years was when you guys allowed designers to embed the collections into their website. I know that with all the custom website design that my agency does, that's been a big thing. Like that's a big deal. They're like, you've got to get my side door collections in there. And I know that you guys have also come out with some other features and, you know, some things have changed. So can you kind of give me an update on that? Sure. Yeah, a lot's changed. Um, The original premise was to allow designers shareable links that they can share with clients one-on-one. Then we added some more like iframe tools so they can embed it into a website and also into social media and just have shareable links they can put in blog posts, et cetera. And there's a lot of ways it can work. All designers are running their businesses differently. They've got different goals, different support systems, et cetera. But where we've really grown in the last six months is by offering some more ways for you to compete with direct e-com. This is a trade tool. You know, these are trade brands for the most part, and this is just for interior designers, but Amazon's trained everybody really well. And it's really easy to shop a designer's ideas. It's not hard to go online and, and find someone discounting it or selling it for less. So we recently introduced coupons. 
it's made a huge difference. Um, it's just a great way for designers to incentivize purchases with their clients who may be on the fence about making a big purchase or to, you know, reward clients for their loyalty or like when a client is shopping you and they found something for less online, you can now discount it appropriately. I need to be like super obvious. We are not Wayfair. We are not House. We are not a billion dollar public corporation with a huge digital marketing budget. Those guys are aggressively targeting designers' clients and designers also. So where we're different is that we get it and we've got our incentives aligned. So we're trying to like make it really easy for designers to curate products. We've got over 350,000 SKUs on the platform now across 200 brands. And we're adding as much choice and variety and, and pricing as we can do it and as fast as we can do it. But this is really about designers deciding how they want to grow and your podcast, all your marketing materials, the vault, et cetera, is awesome about like showing that just because you build something doesn't mean they're going to come. Like you have to do some hustling (laughs) and you've got to like, there is no easy button in Mm -hmm. this industry. I mean, we've got a free tool and I would suggest everybody try it, but where we've seen tons of success are just the designers, whether big or small, whether they've got help or not, but the ones that are putting themselves out there, Kate, and the ones that are just doing some basic marketing 101 and positioning themselves as the guide for people. Um, That's really, if I could like draw a line, we've got almost 10,000 users now, but the ones that are successful, the ones that do repeat business, they're no more talented or creative or, you know, have better taste than the others. Only difference, frankly, is their mindset and their willingness to put themselves out there. Mm, see, that is huge because a lot of people can start to think, well, I don't have a lot of social media followers, therefore selling on side door is not an option for me. But what I have found is that even if someone does have a big social following, if that social following would rather shop Wayfair or Pottery Barn, they're never going to buy a side door product anyway, which means you have to be careful about the type of audience that you're building and marketing to. And with Side Door, I mean, these are high quality products that will stand the test of time and that need a designer to curate them, arrange them together into sensible packages before a homeowner like me, for example, who has no design ability whatsoever, would even understand why they need to purchase. So that kind of leads me into another question that I have for you. Who is a good fit for using side door and who is not? Because you said it all comes down to mindset. So what is the wrong mindset to have? Well, I just listened in preparation for this to a previous podcast you did about mindset. And I frankly think you hit on the key thing. In my opinion, like, designers that have an entrepreneurial mindset versus designers that have a freelancer mindset is Mm -hmm. a great way to segment this out. Both are good ways to make a living, but they're not the same thing. Freelancers spend the majority of their time, you know, in the weeds, being hands-on on on projects. And I get you have to be that to a certain extent, 
freelancers can secure like a regular income as long as they can find ongoing regular gigs, paying them for their time mostly uh, and find and work with clients who aren't going to take advantage of them. The difference is like an entrepreneurial mindset, that mindset is driven by ideas. Unlike a freelancer, entrepreneurs often manage other people and other systems to get the work done. Entrepreneurs come up with the idea and then they have different people play out specific roles based on how good a fit they are for the job at hand. And like freelancers work directly for payment. Entrepreneurs, they do it for their own brand to build their own business, not someone else's business. And that that mentality is, is kind of hard to define, but it really becomes obvious when you look at like who's doing what. And then when we dig into the data and see how they're doing it, it's not because they're like Becky Owens and have 2 million followers and a team of people supporting her. It's because they're like hustling for lack of a better word. It's just, they're, they're doing it. They're using Pinterest. They're doing things that grow their business. And when, when they do come into the designer's world, they're not sending them off to a competitor to spend their money. They're giving them options to buy from them. That's what side door does for them. But it also like is a stark contrast to the, the house model or the, you know, like it to know it model where you do the work, you get the customer, you show them what to get, and then you give them a link and send them to a competitor's website or an e-com site. And in return, you get, you know, three to 7% in 90 days, mm-hmm. or you can offer a higher quality product that's curated and get into a relationship with them, or at least keep them in your world, on your website, in your social media. And when they do buy something, we're going to handle the back end. We're going to fulfill it. But instead of 3%, you're going to make on average 30%. Like it's, it's not even close. And it helps you build your own brand, not like supports Wayfair. Those, those guys don't need your help. And also your customers don't really need your help buying cheap furniture. There's no shortage of that online. Mm, that is a quotable moment right there. Your customers don't need your help buying cheap furniture. Ooh, that's good. Because... If someone is ready to invest in quality, they want to do so confidently. That brings me to another big thing that I see designers doing. When someone comes to my agency and says, okay, I've got these side door collections, now help me market them. The first thing that we'll do is go look at their collections. And most often, we see them creating ginormous collections of all the same product. So the area rug collection, the nightstand collection. And I'm like, guys, you're not doing any of the shopping ahead of time for your clients. So I want them to hear from you, Chad, because you are like the, the authority on this. Does that work? No, it doesn't. I mean, you can still try it and hope you get lucky, but it absolutely does not work. No one has time to go through 700, you know, area rugs that may vary by a shade of gray. Uh, Mm -hmm. No one's going to do that. What they're coming to you for is to get a problem solved. They're coming to you because you're the expert. They need you to guide them on what area rug to buy. Yep. When they go there, they're not looking to think. They're looking to be told what to do, essentially. Yes. Like, And do it with confidence and do it because you are the expert. If you're like asking them to work or think, it's going to result in them bouncing out of your world. That's just the reality from my experience. 
Yeah. And even if they have a collection of area rugs that's got like 12 items in it, still, if, if someone were to give me 12 different options for an area rug for my living room, I would be like, sorry, can't do it. But what I want is for them to say, here is the area rug that makes sense for the size space you're trying to outfit. And here is a sofa that goes well with it and a, a set of lamps and a media console and just like build it up and tell me these all look good together and they'll look right. great in your space and they'll fit. Suddenly I'm like talking to my husband like, okay, can we buy all this? Because this makes sense. It takes the work out yeah. of it. Absolutely. The the work part is why they're hiring you. Like, don't make them do it because they're going to then question why they're paying you. Yes. They're coming to you for a reason. You're the creative director that they've chosen to give them the look and feel for the home that they're in or, you know, that they want to live in. It's an aspirational thing. And it's a mistake I see all the time. Designers just hemming and hawing and giving a like it's a paradox of choice here. We've got collections that we see on the back end of our systems that have, you know, 600 items in it. Oh my. And it's fine if you want to use side door, you know, similar to like a Pinterest board for fun. That's that's one thing. But if you want, I would suggest you seeing side door as like a utility tool that you can use to make more money. And you can, we're, we've tried to build it in a flexible way that works with different types of businesses, whether it's e-design, staging, you know, firms with multiple users and or just, you know, a, a young person getting into the industry for the first time. The reason you got into this industry is you've got a point of view or if you don't, then you need one because you're never going to make any money in this business without one. Um, and then when you do have a viewpoint and, you know, a sense of how you can add value to this client, this relationship you're in, work with them as an expert, show them what to do, give them a three-step plan on how to do it. If designers that are spending their time doing that, instead of spending their time chasing vendors, you know, downloading product, like checking stock, blah, blah, blah. The designers that are using us for that, that's the tool and the system and the people that we've hired on our team to handle those are the ones that are successful. And <laughs> it's really just about systems, Kate. You talk about this a lot, like systems versus goals. Like to be a successful entrepreneur, like you've got to create an environment around you that gives you like the best chance for success. And that's really the overall takeaway. While we, while we built this as a suite of digital selling tools and behind the scenes back office help, because they're like, Doing all the front end, but failing on the back end, you're still going to not succeed. We've, we're trying to be that back end help that frees you up to do more of the, the selling, more of the creative side of things. Yes, I think that people need to kind of redefine what that uh, success looks like for their business, too, because I will occasionally run across a designer who's like, well, I signed up with Side Door because I'm ready for another income stream, which is easy to say. A little harder. Yeah, to I do. am too. I'm <laughs> yeah. on income streams. Heck yeah. But there is a lot of thought that has to go into it, and Side Door cannot do the thinking for them. No. And, no, and I can guide them on the thinking. But well, that's that's why they need, you know, to listen to podcasts like this, to work with, you know, things like the vault and and some of your programs, because passive income, there's some myth out there that like there's going to be direct deposits just showing up in your account for, for like, this does not exist. At least 
I have yet to find it. Um, it's still going to take, you know, a fair bit of thoughtfulness. And more importantly, like you got to do more than just thinking about it. Like I talk to designers over and over again, sometimes the same ones over and over again, who are still thinking or still planning, who are stuck in this thinkism mindset. Yes. Where they think they're just going to think something to existence. And then a year passes. And more than anything, we'd just like to reiterate, it's not about followers or how much business you, it's just about trying it and doing it. And like, you got into this to be in the business. You've got to do the business. You've got to do the work. And then tools like us and platforms like ours are going to continue to evolve to support you. But it's a, uh, it's definitely, we can't be uh, like an easy button. There's okay. really no such thing, sadly. Yeah. And I think that if people get in the mindset of what if I made highly curated collections with an actual person in mind, maybe it was a past client or a new lead that's come in and needs to outfit their space. And maybe you put that collection on your site. And what if that collection sells three times? Is that a win? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That's a win because now you've sold the same thing multiple times. But some people walk into this thinking, well, I'm going to create collections and I'm going to sell them hundreds of times. Now, in my opinion, that's not realistic because we're looking at it is really like a semi-custom curation service. And to have a hundred different families want the exact same collection, sure, it might happen in some rare occasions. But if you redefine the success with Side Door as if I just sell this collection a handful of times and that entire collection totals $22,000 or whatever it is, and you know they're taking home that commission of, I think you had said it's an average of like 30%, depending. Right. That's amazing. Because they only had to do that work once. Yeah, totally. And it really depends on like where you want to go with your business. Like if you want to just focus on working one-to-one relationships, that's fine. We can still help you. If you want Aspire to be like more of a brand yourself, um, we can help you with that. Uh-huh. We work with some big names out there in the home influencing space that a lot of people would recognize. And You'd be shocked how small of a team those guys have. It's usually one or two people. And the difference is they've got, you know, millions of eyeballs versus five, but they didn't start there. Like they they have to work into that and constantly be iterating. And, And really, it's just about constantly be adding value to your audience because there's so much choice. There's so many other places you know, and other people pulling at their attention, you've got to bring value or it's not going to work. Right. And another way to phrase that is, you know, merely putting together an awesome collection and then pushing it out into the world doesn't mean the money will come flowing back into you. But it does mean that now you have a marketable product that you've put your own brand on as the interior designer, because your creative brain put that collection together And when you did that, you had a specific person in mind. And I think that, well, and I know just from my own experience in marketing, the second you try to be too general or too vague when creating a product, that's when it doesn't work and nobody cares about it. But when you are specific, then you have something you can market. For example, if you're like, I'm going to specialize in home offices because that is a growing niche. Now you drill down. Who are the home offices for? Are they for entrepreneurial women? All right, great. I am going to create various 
side door collections around this persona. And I'm going to have different aesthetics because maybe she's into Southern charm or maybe she wants something sleek and modern, but they're all for the same type of demographic. And then that means all the marketing surrounding it, whether it's on social media or your blog, or your email marketing should be speaking to that entrepreneurial woman who works from home at least part of the time. And that is how you can get into the mindset of specificity sells. And to your point, Chad, you go beyond freelancer mode. You're not just chasing down anyone with a wallet at that point. Now you're like, I know exactly who I'm targeting and I'm figuring out as I go how to reach them. And I'm going to create and invent new products for them. That's CEO mindset. That is a step beyond. And that's where tools like Sidedoor can become a huge asset to the business versus someone thinking, well, I'm just going to go project to project until I'm ready. Because the truth is you'll never be ready. You just got to jump in and do it. That's exactly right, Kate. And like everybody, uh, you're an expert on websites. I know you've made a lot of awesome ones. And like me, you've probably seen hundreds of or thousands of the same website. Yes. And put yourself in your customer, your potential customer's shoes. Like when you land on a website, you immediately in five seconds need to know who this is for. If it's not for you, you're bouncing or you're going to go somewhere else. And then the next question is, why should that person buy something or engage with you? And you need to answer that very quickly. And then the next question is, what do I do next? If you get the first two right and then you send that person somewhere else to spend their money, what was the point? Or like, and I see this all day with the house icon or the like to know it button, like it's it drives me crazy because there's so much money being left on the table. And I'd like to go back to the the previous point I was trying to make. I left out the key part. We've paid out over, you know, two and a half million dollars in commission in the last 12 months or so. And it's not one lump sum to one designer. (laughs) It's lots of small checks or relatively small direct deposits to lots of designers, but over and over what we're seeing month over month is the same designers once they figured it out and once they've gotten that first bump in their account they're more active they're more engaged so like the hardest part is getting the trust getting that person just to commit to trying it and then once they get you know a little taste it's they're more confident to go back to it that's that's really what we're seeing month over month Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals, which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level, whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to WCAA.org for more details. Is there one or two designers that you can share with us that my listeners could go check out and perhaps even reverse engineer, not copy by any means, guys listening, don't copy, but reverse engineer what they're doing because what they're doing is working. Sure. Yeah. There's like, and I've got a long list. I'd be happy to like share it later. You can put it in the show notes if you want. Um, But just for, you know, because there's not one 
type of design. Like some some sites are doing e-design only. Some are doing staging only. Some are doing, you know, all kinds of services, mood boards, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, one example that jumps to mind is um, southerngraceinteriors.com. They've got a full service design studio. They do a little bit of everything. They've also spun up something under Southern Grace Interiors called Grace Home Decor, where they're just using live dynamic feeds from us and seeing quite a bit of activity. Another one's Kiki Design Studio, which is a you know relatively small business, cool website, and she's making a lot of different types of sales um, through her site, through her e-design, through working one-on-one with clients. Ampersand-living.com is another good example. I've got dozens. I'd be happy to share a list with you. Yeah, I would love that list because as soon as you said southerngraceinteriors.com, I bet so many of my listeners are like typing that in as fast as they can. Like, oh my gosh, I got to go check out what she's doing. Uh, But that's what we're here for. We're here to learn from each other and everyone is going to end up using Side Door a different way. So I do want to give a word of caution to those listening just because one person is doing it one way doesn't mean you're going to do it the exact same way. Now we should still reverse engineer it and be like, what are the key takeaways here? But then look at your own business and be like, how does this make sense? Because Chad, like you mentioned earlier, some people might just be using side door internally. Like I know designers who do this. Like they're like, yeah, I ordered the product from side door, but then I just like give it to the client in that way versus having the client do the ordering. And that's fine. That's what works for them. Whereas other people are like, well, no, I put together the collection and my client orders what they want from it. But you have to understand how it's going to work for your business and if it makes sense for your current client demographic. Because there are some designers who actually have like that white glove, full service design client who doesn't want to make a single decision. If you gave them a collection, no matter how perfect it was for them, they'd be like, I don't know. What do you think? You ordered. I don't know. But having to then build a different demographic that's like not DIY, like they appreciate good design, high quality products, but they also don't mind making decisions. So you have to look at your current audience and be like, are they a good fit for how I intend to use side door? Because I believe side door is a good fit for every interior designer. It's just the implementation of it that needs to be assessed. Totally, totally. And like, I doubt there's many people listening that don't have an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And whether you're probably or hopefully using a business account to grow your design practice and you're on there, you may post a installation or whatnot and someone's going to message in, Oh, I love that lamp. I love that. Blah, blah, blah. What do you do then? Like, this is just a simple way to quickly share with them a link in a curated collection with your brand on there and they can check out. You're not going to have to do a purchase order. Or you're not going to have to call or set up an account. Like we're going to handle all that. And, while we see most checkouts with designers working with clients directly, we also see a lot of uh, activity, you know, through Instagram, through Pinterest, through blog embeds. Um, there's no one size fits all. You know, it, it really boils down to the individual and what what they want for their own business. But to your earlier point, you got to have a, a point of view. You got to be adding value. And you, frankly, you need to do it quickly and very clearly. If you're making the average consumer think very hard, they're not going to stick around very long. Yeah, there's so much psychology when it comes to selling anything. And ironically, the more we focus on selling, 
the less we'll sell. But if we focus on being helpful and making the process easy, that's when the sales come in. So that's why it goes back to having a specific person in mind, creating a highly curated collection versus just a whole bunch of one item. And the only time a whole bunch of one item in a collection would make sense is if a designer is like, I just want to have my own little library that I can reference as a designer. You know, that makes some practical sense. But when it comes to marketing it, uh, it's interesting that you you've mentioned Pinterest a couple times. How are you seeing people use Sidedoor and Pinterest together? Well, Pinterest is fascinating to me and it's essentially a visual search engine and more and more it's becoming a shopping mall and they've hired the, you know, head of Google shopping to come in. That's their new CEO. And I, I track it pretty closely. They're doing a lot to make it easier and easier for people to transact on Pinterest. It's still a little clunky. It's still not great. They also change it every 15 minutes. They changed the workflow last week, and we've had to come up with a different process to show people how to embed shoppable links in, in mood boards, for example. There's a lot of ways. I've, I've done a couple of webinars, and we even have some support documentation on how to use Sidedoor with Pinterest. I'd be happy to put in the show notes and, and share with you. The other thing, uh, Kate, just for your listeners that do want to dip their toe in the water, like this is a free tool. So like you're not on the hook for anything, but we also have invested in and and really built up a strong customer success team that is available and on chat and there to like help you. And it's what we're about, but it's also, you know, we need to do it. We're, we only do well ourselves when you guys do well. So we're, we're constantly iterating and trying to figure out the quickest, fastest way to, to sell on Pinterest, the best way to sell on Instagram. Um, YouTube is uh, recently partnered with Shopify and a couple other places to allow embeds and videos. There's the social commerce yeah. uh, is such a dynamic thing, but by and it, you know, it's it's kind of had some fits and starts, but it's not going anywhere. If you can make it digital and easy and clear how to buy things online, it's going to work. And over time, we're betting more and more that's going to happen on social media. Yes. And the strategy that you have to employ is going to vary for the different social platforms you use or for Pinterest. And a lot of people are scared of YouTube. So that's probably going to be one of the last ones I'll tackle. But I'm glad that you mentioned that you have all the support documents about using Pinterest because I'm going to go through those. So I'm probably just going to have to create another episode diving into all the different ways that side door and Pinterest can be used because the standard has been always linked to side door products in a blog post if you're talking about products because Mm -hmm. that gets picked up by Google. It's very important. But if there are ways to enhance that strategy on Pinterest, like if you're already doing Pinterest, why not just include side door? So that is a great point. Now I do. Another piece on that, if I could add real quickly, Kate, uh, I mean, a lot of the project management softwares we've also integrated with like design files, for instance, doing Mm -hmm. a, a mood board and posting that in Pinterest. And when you click on the image of the sofa, there's a shoppable link there. Nice. Yes. That's the quickest and easiest way. But Pinterest is like, it's a 
golden opportunity for interior designers that are paying attention. I, I believe that's why we're actively talking to them and trying to further integrate. But the facts are that 89 million people per month search for home items on Pinterest mm-hmm. and they've got, they're all about making it easier to find what you're looking for on Pinterest and giving you tools to show and share. So it's a natural kind of fit and, it's still very much a work in progress. But if, if I were to advise anyone who's just getting started, I would look at Pinterest as a channel before I would look at the very crowded meta or Twitter or, or any of these other, you know, very crowded platforms. Yep. Yep. That is a great point because social platforms are for socializing, but Pinterest is, as you said, a visual search engine. So why not show up where they're already looking? Nobody is trying to do their home decor shopping on Instagram. They might see something an influencer posted and then their house looks just like everyone else's house. And that's what designers try to avoid. So before I let you go, I do have one more question for you regarding the future of a side door. So there might not be a lot that you can tell us. I know some of it's got to be internal and confidential, but is there anything that you can sure. tell us, like what to expect or any future updates yeah, or well, uh, feature releases? Yeah, we definitely got a, a product roadmap that's somewhat fixed, but we're also constantly iterating based on feedback. One thing that we've heard a lot and are working to improve is just the flows for sharing collections. We're constantly trying to get more detailed product information, better pictures from the brands. We're about to launch a newly designed collections page where more things are right at your fingertips. Different ways like to notify clients, uh, communications. We've redone the orders page where there's a lot more visibility into the process, as in here's an order that's been placed, here's an order that's been confirmed, here's a tracking number, here's when it's set to be delivered that both you and your client will have um, visibility into. The main things are always like additional filters, additional search capabilities, but spending time doing the hard things like updating and automating the post-purchase user experience is something we've spent a lot of time on. And then all the social commerce stuff. I, I'm a big believer that that's going to be huge for this industry. And we're trying to stay on top of or at least, you know, not get too far behind on what's what's coming down the pipe for that. Yeah. And I mean, everything that you just listed, like that is a lot, uh, a lot of developments because there are so many nuanced details and APIs and things that yes. work and then they break. And then you have to go back to the development team. Like, good grief. And the fact that you guys are still not charging designers to be part of the platform is just baffling to me because it's actually worthy of a monthly subscription payment. All my listeners are like, don't say that. <laughs> but it is. It is. And as they say, you do have to spend money to make money. Um, so I think it's, it's well, absolutely you. amazing yeah, that you guys are still offering It's something we're trying to build for the long term here. We've been in and around this, the core team at Side Door for decades. And like, this is a big problem and we've got some copycats now and everybody's tackling it from different angles. We're trying to build value adding time saving tools for the residential interior designer. And as we decided to find earlier, that means a lot of different things to who you're talking to. And we can't build every single thing that people chat in about, but we take all that feedback. We put it, 
you know, we discuss it internally. We've got a great, you know, proprietary system that we built and we've got really top shelf engineers and a head of product that gets it. So we're, we're constantly iterating again, like it's in our best interest to make this super useful. So that's what I'm most excited about is like incentives. Our incentives are completely aligned with the user listening today. We may have different constraints because we have to work with these vendors and jump through some of their hoops, but we're all about making designers more money. And by doing that, that's how we make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say that even after four years and a few copycats who've popped up along the way, you guys are still the leading pioneer in high-end design e-commerce. I mean, whoever thought that would be a thing? It used to be such a trade right. secret. Where do you get your products? And what are you charging? And how? what's your whole process in doing this? And now it's public information to the benefit of everyone, largely due to what you guys have done, I appreciate which you is saying unprecedented. That. I, I so, think what's happening is access is going to become universal, which makes it even more important for independent designers, independent entrepreneurs, the people that you coach and the people that come into your programs to understand the playing field. Like the curtain has been pulled back. Like now it's about using your taste, creating a point of view and making it easy for the clients, making people feel like they really need to hire you as an interior designer because you're going to add so much more value than you can charge them just for your time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unless you are a member of the mafia or a spy, you do not make money on secrets anymore. The secrets are out. Believe me, I, I work <laughs> with these brands all day long, and they're yes. actively looking for as many ways as possible to remove everybody in the middle. Frankly, and these all these different barriers to entry to this design world um, are coming down. And I frankly think it's a good thing. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but over time, that's definitely the way things are trending. Yes, because even though there are platforms like House, which everyone on who listens to my podcast knows, I am not a supporter of House. I, I'm pretty disappointed with them, whatever. You know, I've gone on rants before about it. But platforms like that that seek to circumvent the interior designer Ultimately, I don't think it's going to end well, but that's also why interior designers shouldn't feel discouraged or scared when they see a lot of other platforms popping up that try to help the homeowner shop them or shop around them. Because what cannot be replaced is the unique creativity of an interior designer. And that's really what you're trying to help people monetize. Monetize your brain your creativity, because they could get these products from any other interior designer, but they have to buy them from you because why? That's, that's the right. brand aspect that you're talking about. Oh, totally. So I mean, you're, you're yeah, that's the talk, key to Your it. audience is creator, creatives in a service business. And it's in order to serve, you've got to assess the landscape and develop a selling proposition that makes you stand out. And our argument has always been do the work, you know, do the creative and fun side, spend less time on the boring back end. It's super important, but that's what we can do for you. And frankly, we've got teams and systems that are going to be better at it most of the time. It's complicated. It's nuanced. Things break. There's always problems. But when you think more like an entrepreneur and less like a simple freelancer, over time, you really can build a powerful brand. And like using the just basic marketing playbooks that you suggest, 
designers that come into your program right. with nothing and leave three months or six months later and have a viable business. That's a huge accomplishment in a very crowded, crowded and industry. It, this is a difficult way uh-huh. to, to stand out and make a yeah. living, but it's totally possible. And there's a lot of smart people working on the problem. And there's a lot of great resources like you're providing that, that really lay it out. All you got to do is do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of half-baked businesses out there, not just in the design industry, but like across the spectrum of entrepreneurship, there are a lot of half-baked businesses. And it usually comes down to the mindset of the person in charge, which is humbling. Like if they become successful, it's like, wow, look what you did. And then if they're not successful yet, look at what you could do. And taking ownership of that. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book Extreme Ownership, but... (laughs) Yes, yes. I read that and I was like, dang, dude. Okay. uh, He's got a great (laughs) podcast too. I'll listen to that along with yours, of course. But yeah. Oh, I do not compare to him. He's scary. I mean, he's he's correct, but he's scary. different um, backgrounds (laughs) as a Navy SEAL versus an entrepreneurial mom in in the Midwest. Yeah, I I am not a Navy SEAL. No interest. No. That that whole thing. And like like I said, I just listened to your mindset podcast. You should heavily promote that. That is like spot on. The biggest difference between success or failure. It's not tools. It's not what project management software you use. It's not like what font you use. It really boils down to that that mindset. Mm -hmm. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Thank you. I took a lot of risk with that podcast because it's very politically incorrect. And a lot of my listeners could probably guess where I fall on a lot of uh, those issues. But it's something that I just couldn't keep quiet about because I don't like it when I listen to people make excuses for themselves on why they aren't where they want to be. And getting rid of those excuses and implementing the right tools that will strategically help their business, like Sidedoor. And who who really cares? Like all these excuses, who are you telling them to? And do they really care? I would guess probably not. We may need to cut that part, but yeah, like (laughs) does anyone really, really want to hear your excuses? I'm guessing. No, we're not going to cut that part because it's true. And the majority of my listeners take extreme ownership of their businesses. And that's why they're looking at things like Sidor and asking the right questions. Mm. Like, how do I use this correctly? That shows me that they care about their businesses 100% and they want to make a tool work for them versus uh, having a tool that somehow just sets it and forgets it because a lot of my listeners know there's no such thing as that. And they want to make it a viable income stream and they recognize that they have to be the ones to do that and they just need a little bit of direction, which is why I wanted you on the show again. Super talented people practicing like the art form of interior design. But if you don't have a viable business, you will not be doing it very long. So like the tools that you mm-hmm. provide and like our tools, it's about building a viable business, making money so you can have a lifestyle and a business that's sustainable. Like otherwise you're truly are a, a freelancer and that's great if that's all you aspire to be. But I would bet that most people that have taken the time and are listening to this want more than that. They do. They absolutely do. When I talk to them and I hear the passion in their voices, they tell me the only thing they're lacking is clear direction. And it's like, well, geez, that's an easy fix because I can't fix your mindset, but I can give you some direction. I'm no therapist, although I've got a couple on on speed dial, but I honestly, 
if, if it's helpful, I can tell you what to do, but I can't do it for you. Like the, mm-hmm. all these problems I've seen in a hundred different ways and we can solve these problems, but you still have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And really, you know, just to everybody listening, the reason why I'm so passionate about this and Chad, if I can dare speak on your behalf for a second, the reason why we're passionate about saying, you know, ditch the excuses is because we know what you're capable of. We know that you can do this and that you can have the successful business that you've always wanted, whatever the word success means to you. We know that it's possible regardless of where you come from, your current situation. It it just starts with your brain. Absolutely. And sometimes that's the hardest part. I mean, we could provide a hundred case studies from, from your, you know, the vault, et cetera, socialite and from side door. Um, But it's, it's really, like Mm -hmm. you said, just a matter of, discipline systems and actually doing it. And it's not like we're asking you to run into a minefield, literal minefield. This is just business. And like you make mistakes and you iterate and you do your, mm-hmm. you know, you start again the next day, but so many people, and we see it in our numbers, yeah. like people sign up, they're all gung ho. And then they never share a collection or they never do anything on their website. It's just something trips in their mind. Either it's an imposter syndrome mentality or they just get distracted and there's a hundred distractions god almighty i mean it's so easy to get distracted in this day and age but if this is a business for you you've got to work on your business not just in it all day long you've got to work on your business if you want it to sustain Uh yep and just to be fair here this is something that i still struggle with and i've been in business for almost a decade Because my life and business coach told me yesterday that she was going to get mad at me because I said I was still handling some of the tedious work in the business that I really actually have no business doing. And she was like, Kate, you are the CEO. You have wonderful team members. You have got to give these things over to them because they seem like little tasks that only take you 10 minutes here and there. That adds up and it distracts you from making the CEO level decisions that you need to oh, make. And 100%. I was like, oh, and I believe me, I, I need to go fix this. Daily. Yes. I wasn't really practicing <laughs> what I was preaching, got called out on it, ended up getting a assistant and had the hardest time delegating and moving things off of like, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should be doing it. Like there's certain things that I should be doing that are, that needs to be prioritized. Everything else, frankly, the person I'm using is 10 times better at it anyway. And it didn't take me but like three days to realize it. And it's completely changed, but that was a mindset. I was stuck in the wrong mindset. Just like, it's it's very easy to default to that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it absolutely is. So that's why we have conversations like this to remind each other, to remind ourselves, to remind everybody listening. We're capable of a lot more than we think if we know what help to ask for and we get the direction that we need. So with all of that said, thank you for coming on the show because I know that you're busy and I appreciate that you took time for us. The insights that you gave on this episode are going to be extremely helpful for people who were thinking about signing up for Side Door or who have signed up and haven't touched it. They probably were like, <laughs> oh no, Chad's calling me out. And that's okay. We need that. So uh, I really appreciate your time. And I'll be doing a follow-up episode with the different resources that you mentioned. So to everybody listening, make sure that you check out the show notes of this episode to see a list of interior designers that Chad will provide that uh, are really killing it with Side Door because we need to see what's possible so that we can go do the same, whatever that looks like for our own businesses. 
And until next time, guys, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.